Welcome to On The Move. I'm Chelsea Reber, and today I'm visiting with Dr. Paul Batista and Hannah Ager. Thank you so much for visiting with me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. Dr. Batista, I'm going to start with you. If you could just give us a little bit of background and how you ended up here at Texas A&M in the Kinesiology and Sport Management Department. Well, that's a long story, but I'll make it short. I uh, uh, practice law, been practicing law for almost going pushing 50 years, and uh, I was practicing in Caldwell. I had my own practice, and just thought about if I could do anything, what would I like to do? And spent a few months thinking about it. And the things I kept coming back to was sport, law, and being on college campuses where there's activity, where students are engaged, where they're excited to learn. And uh, so I, I designed a sport law class and uh, was able to convince the head of the then Department of Health and Kinesiology to allow me to come teach it. I taught as an adjunct for about 10 years and then had an opportunity to come on full-time, so I've been here 26 years full-time. All right. And Hannah, what year are you? I'm a first-year grad student. Okay. And you did your undergraduate degree here as well, right? Yes. After I transferred a couple times, I did end up here. (laughs) Okay. And you got your undergraduate degree in sport management? Yes, ma'am. All right. Excellent. What made you want to come to Texas A&M and pursue a degree in sport management? When I was at my other school my freshman year, I came and visited um, my friend here, and I just absolutely like drank the maroon Kool-Aid. I fell in love with (laughs) A&M, and my dad still has not forgiven me for it, but I love it here. Um, but originally I was a kinesiology major. I didn't even know sport management was really a major. Um, but I met my now really close friend Avery and she was doing sport management. I was like, what is that? And so she told me, I was like, that actually sounds like exactly what I want to do. So she actually kind of introduced sport management to me. All right, great. Well, on this episode today, we're going to talk about the study abroad program. So Dr. Batista, I'd like to start with you. How did you get involved and actually help create this program? In 1982, my brother-in-law was in the Air Force and got assigned to Wiesbaden, Germany. And so uh, that fall, my sister said, why don't you come visit me at, at Christmas time? And I, I tell people she might as well have said, why don't you go to Mars at Christmas time? <laughs> because to me, Europe was so far away. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Caldwell, you know, being a country boy, it was just, that's a long way. So finally, my brother and I decided we would go, and we did, and it didn't take 24 hours before it literally changed my life. And so I thought that's an experience that every student should have, every student at Texas A&M should have. Uh, it, it opens your eyes to how things are done differently. It allows you to look at another culture, and uh, honestly, it was just fun for me, and I thought, what a great thing we could do if we could if we could marry the opportunity to do a to do a cultural trip to Germany as well as make connections with all of these uh, sport organizations and events and programs that we did in the universities over there so it ended up just being a, a really good collaboration Hannah when did you go on the trip I was going into senior year college so it was the summer of 2022 Okay. And what kind of sparked your attraction to going on the trip? I've always wanted to study abroad. I found out about the study abroad before I was officially even a student at A&M just because of all the soccer stuff that was on the trip. Mm -hmm. And I've just always wanted to study abroad. And this was like lining up perfectly to something I wanted to do. What is the preparation like before you go on the trip? We had a lot of meetings, a lot of pre-departure meetings. And he just kind of talked about previous years. He brought in former students to talk to us and kind of ease our mind about what to pack. 
and he just talked about everything and all like the German customs on what we could potentially see and what would help us. So Dr. Batista, where exactly do you and the students go and what kind of partnerships are also associated with this program? We go to Bonn and spend the first three to three and a half weeks in Bonn, which is very near Cologne. It's right on the Rhine River. Bonn was the capital of the former West Germany before unification. Uh, there, are, there are large universities there, so in, in many senses it's not unlike College Station. Uh, after, we, after we do Bonn, Cologne, we go to Dortmund and, and a few other places. Uh, then we go on an excursion. So we go to uh, Munich, Innsbruck, Salzburg, Berchtesgaden, Nuremberg, and hit some of our partner organizations there. So we have, uh, obviously, being an Adidas school, by the way, that's the correct pronunciation. Not Adidas. That's correct. <laughs> uh, you were on the radio saying Adidas, and I, I know. wanted to call in. Every week, every week, but you always correct me, Adidas. There you go. And uh, so we go to their international headquarters in a place called Herzegenaurach. We're the only university that does that because of our uh, association with Adidas, which is associated with Baron München as well. And the neat thing about having a partnership with Adidas is they came over and did a five-minute video on the connection between A&M fans and Baron München fans. And so for people listening to this, if you want to see that video, just Google Baron München and Texas A&M. And it'll bring up a neat video showing showing how their fans are really very similar. We we also go to um, Allianz Arena. We go to Baron München headquarters. We have um, associations with several universities. The sport university in Cologne called SPOHO. Uh, they're the largest sport university in the world. So we spend a day there working with their students. We have a partnership with the Munich Business School, the top-rated uh, master's business school in Germany, and also with the uh, Sports Science University in Innsbruck. So th those are some of the things that we do uh, when, we're, when we're in Germany. And how long is this trip? We go for five weeks. Five so weeks. we spend three and a half in, in Bonn, mm -hmm. where the students stay with host families, and they're, they're settled in. And then we go on our excursion to the other places. So speaking of Adidas, you have on a jersey right now. So I'd love for you to explain, for those watching the podcast, I'd love for you to explain what that is and uh, the kind of the story behind it. Sure. This is a this is a Baron München jersey. Okay. And so they have won four championships. So that's the four stars. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, T-Mobile is a sponsor. Adidas actually owns one-third of 25% of Baron München. And if I turned around, you would see that my students on the 2018 trip got me a jersey number 18 and put my name on the back. Oh, that's great. That's it's awesome. It's very neat. And I wear it when I'm there, unless, of course, we go to Dortmund, which would be like me wearing a Longhorn oh. on Texas A&M <laughs> campus. All right. Smart man. Smart man. So, Hannah, tell me, what was one of your favorite experiences during your trip? Um, I definitely liked everything soccer about the trip. 
we got to tour. Have you always been a soccer fan? Sorry to interrupt. No, I it's just, okay. Okay. Because, you know, it's not as popular of a sport here in the United States, obviously, as it is across, you know, in Europe. Um, so that's cool that you already had an interest in it. Yes. I've always been a soccer fan. I started playing in like second grade. Okay. So me and my dad and my sister would start watching um, soccer, like European soccer on mm -hmm. TV. Um, but that was one of my favorite parts. I got to, we, well, we got to go to the um, Cologne Stadium and have a complete, like, behind-the-scenes tour. We walked out with their um, pregame music, like, as the teams walk out. We both, we did that. And we also got to go um, to Bayern Munich and tour their stadium as well on a group tour. Um, me and my friend Axel from the trip, we went by ourselves and we went to the Dortmund Stadium and got a tour. We actually um, signed up for a guided one in what I thought was English, but it was all in German, <laughs> and we didn't understand a single word. We stood at the back the whole time, but we were just so happy to be there. We did not care at all. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of the language, what are some other ways that maybe your perspective of the world changed while you were over there? Were there any big surprises? Um, everyone can speak English, it, unless you randomly find, like, potentially, like, a really old person who's just, who's always lived in Germany. Everyone can speak English, including my host mom, like, it was very easy to communicate with anyone. And then when you would start trying to speak German and you were struggling, a lot of the times they were like, you can speak in English. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it was really, really interesting. Were there any kind of ways of life that you were surprised to see over there that maybe you even kind of brought back over to the way that you live day to day here? Um, standing on the escalator. <laughs> I knew she would say that. Is there a story behind that? Um, so if is. you stand, so if you go up an escalator and you stand on the left side, you're probably going to be either pushed or yelled at to move to the right side because the left side is reserved for walking up the escalator, walking down the escalator. And that did happen to a few people. And if we did do that and Dr. Batista caught us, we'd have to put some euros into his little donation <laughs> fund <laughs> for the end of the trip. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I was traveling this weekend. It was on an escalator in the airport and I caught myself moving to the right. Yeah. When yeah. I stepped on. I definitely now. think people do it on those sky walks, like the, the moving sidewalks in airports, but escalators, that's good to know. Um, how else do kids' perspectives get changed when they go on a trip like this? Oh, gee, everything's different. Mm -hmm. um, when our students get there, some of them get a little bit antsy because they don't have a car to get into to go somewhere because it's all public transportation. Yeah. And after about three or four days, it's, why don't we have something like this where I don't have to get in my car to go everywhere? Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the things. The food is different. Um, socializing is different. You know, Germany is known for beer drinking. There, it's not like many places here where it's how much can you drink and how drunk can you get there. It's part of the social fabric. So they go out to a beer garden. They sit there maybe for two hours, three hours, and have one or two beers, and it's it's just a way of life that our students have not been exposed to. So that's one way. Yeah, and how does it help them? We talk a lot about sport when we talk about this trip because obviously that's a big component of it, but um, there's also a way for them. You mentioned they live with host families. I didn't even realize that when we, we talked earlier. So does that – well, Hannah, I'll ask you, did that help you kind of immerse yourself into the culture because you were living with the family there? Yeah, definitely. It was just one lady. Her name is Gabby. She's okay. super nice. And um, it was just really cool because she would cook, cook us food every night. We didn't really see her at lunch, but like at dinner, we would always see her. And she was very like one of the big things there was they don't like when you walk around, walk around the house in shoes. Okay. And that's just, I mean, I walk around the house in shoes. That's just what yeah. 
we're used to. And so she asked one time, she was like, can you not wear your shoes around the house? I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, definitely. And so I would just leave them by the door, which I don't do at home. I just bring them up to my room with me. But it just random little interesting things like that, for sure. I, I will say some of our students obviously go back again and frequently they get in contact with their host family go to see them and stay there for a few days. That's great. That's really cool. Dr. Batista, what are some other special events and activities that the group does while they're overseas? Of course, we have to talk about World War II. So we, we do things like we go to the LD house in, in the middle of downtown Cologne, which was the SS prison there. We take them through and show them the conditions the prisoners lived in. We take them out in the courtyard where they did the hangings. It's, it's pretty thought-provoking for the students. Um, we go to, to a place called Vogelsang, which is on the Belgian border. That's where they trained the SS political people who were going to uh, go to all these places where Hitler wanted the Lebensraum, the living room, taking over the countries to set up the, the political system there and expand the Nazi party. Uh, we go to Raymagen, which was where the last bridge, the Ludendorff Bridge, over the Rhine was. So as the Allies were advancing, uh, that was the only way for the Germans to get the army and the, and the equipment back over the Rhine. And uh, the, the uh, Allies captured about 200,000 soldiers there. And it, the interesting story is Hitler kept trying to blow up the bridge unsuccessfully. And uh, the four highest-ranking people there in Raymagen uh, were taken to Berlin and summarily executed for not blowing it up. We obviously go to Dachau, the concentration camp, and that's, that's a brutal experience for the students. But particularly with what's going on in the world right now, it's something that people need to see and they need to understand. And for me, probably the best thing is going to the Hurtkin Forest battlefield. So we had a, a Texas A&M student, class of 42, who led a tank command there. And, and literally went on a suicide mission. But they were successful in, in uh, destroying a lot of tanks. And uh, ultimately he was killed, but he was awarded the Medal of Honor posthumously. So I always tell the students, this guy's just like you, same age, going to A&M, same everything. His name is Tony Leonard. So when you go into the MSC, you can see the plaque that honors him. So it's, it's pretty neat. And there's some other stories that go with it. And, and it's probably, I don't know, Hannah, a six or seven mile hike up and down through the, through the forest. And when we get to the end and they make that connection with, this could have been me, it's, it's really something that just hits them, uh, what those people went through during World War II. So for me, I think that's the most rewarding to watch, to watch the change from getting out of the bus, starting to walk, everybody's having a good time, and then you get to the end, and it's kind of like, oh my gosh. Make sure to go and check out the International Study Program's website at the link in the description. Hannah, how has being a part of this program impacted your life? I've met some of my closest friends that I still keep up with today on the trip. It's been so fun. I had never been to Europe before, before the trip, and it was just like, it was a great experience to go on because you're guided, but you still have the freedom to kind of explore the things that you want to see as well. So you have the comfort of knowing like your trip, yes, is planned. It, even when like you're going 
like on your weekends, like free weekends, you can go and just explore places on your own, but it's not, you're not fully thrown into like, oh, I'm doing everything on my own. Like we got to do a lot of structured things that was really nice for being the first time going overseas. I want to talk a little bit about the logistics of the trip because obviously something like this does cost money. Um, so for students who may be planning to take a trip like this, financially, what do you recommend these students to do to kind of prepare for that? Well, first, start saving your money. Work, work in the summer and put some money aside. Uh, the good news for us is we have some outstanding funding opportunities. For students who are in the College of Education and Human Development, the, un the college provides $2,000 toward the expense of the trip. If they're in kinesiology and sport management, uh, the department puts up another $1,000. Plus, the uh, university, through the Education Abroad Office, has scholarships from $500 to $2,000. So that doesn't cover everything, but it's a pretty good start. So I always tell students, you know, talk to your parents, talk to your grandparents, tell them I don't need a bunch of stuff I'm not going to use at Christmas time. Uh, give me some money and I'll set it aside. I had one student who wrote letters to all of his extended family asking them to donate because none of his family had ever been out of the country. And he said, I got checks for $20 and I got checks for $200 and it helped me be able to go. It adds up. It does. Mm -hmm. And Hannah, what would your advice be to someone your age? Because it can be really hard to, to say, well, I'm not going to go to dinner tonight with my friends or I'm not going to go out this weekend. But ultimately, all of that can add up to this what seemingly is an incredible trip. Yeah, my thought process, which probably isn't good for my bank account, is you'll get you'll get the money back eventually yep. if you're working at it, but you won't get <laughs> a girl the after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> but you won't get the experience back. I'm so glad I did it, and like I also asked my family for help, and I also had been working for a long time to save up for it so that I could pay my own way to get there. So I would absolutely say you should do it, especially like if you just keep working at it. Dr. Batista, another thing that I think especially parents may think of before sending their child off on this trip is the safety of things overseas. Um, have there ever been any issues or what is your message to parents and students alike who may be concerned about something like that? Things can happen in College Station, but Bonn is very safe. And I'll, I'll let Hannah talk about that in a minute. So here's what I tell students. I have two daughters. I took them when they were 13 and 10. They rode public transportation by themselves and I was not the least bit concerned about it. So it's a very safe place. And of course, we, we instruct them. Don't let somebody buy you a drink. Don't let somebody hand you a drink. Don't go out late at night by yourself. Just the same things that I'd tell them here in College Station. So, so I'd like Hannah to say about the safety. Yeah, he pretty much said it all. Like you're gonna be in any situation anywhere where it could be undangerous, where it can be dangerous. Um, but I mean, it was as safe as could be out there. Even I would go on runs through the neighborhood, and I felt perfectly safe. Like it was all really great. And um, I mean, anywhere in the world can be dangerous depending on where you are, but I have no complaints about that aspect of the trip. It was all very safe and very like calming. And obviously you can go on out by yourself if you want to, but for the most part, this is very much a group trip. I mean, you guys are together most of the time, so you are traveling with other people. That's true, but they also have in the evenings plenty of time to go out on their own. And, and I encourage them to get out in the culture and mm -hmm. sit and talk at people. It's, 
it's uh, in Germany, when you walk into a, a restaurant or a beer garden, it's perfectly acceptable that you sit at a table with somebody else if there's an open chair. And I've made some great friends and had some great conversations just walking in by myself into a restaurant and sitting down and introducing myself in German. Ich heiße Paul Batista. It's about all the German I know. <laughs> More <And>, than me. <laughs> and then they say, oh, you can speak English to me because they want to practice their English. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's structured. But on the other hand, there's also an opportunity to, to do things on your own. So I know you don't want to tell any secrets. What happens abroad stays abroad in some situations. But I'd love to hear maybe just kind of a fun story from either one of you or both of you, actually, um, about your trip. And then I know you've been on quite a few of these. So maybe something that you're interested to share that people... Uh, I'll be interested in hearing. I'll let Hannah go first because I want to find out what she did that I don't know about. (laughs) Most of us went to Dublin on one of our weekends. um, We had free. And I think we had a good four, four and a half days. And so one of the things that we really wanted to do was go see the Cliffs of Mower, which is on the complete opposite side of the country. And Ireland's not that big, but it was on the complete opposite side of the country, very remote. So... All of us, we got um, train tickets to go across. So you had to go from the Dublin train station, go across to another train station, and then you were connected to another one, and then you had to take a bus to another one, and then you had to take a taxi from there to get to the (laughs) cliffs. So we did that, and we were one of the last trips out. So we knew we were like on a time crunch. We were like, let's go see him. Let's go walk around for a minute. We had a good like hour, I would say. Mm -hmm. But we knew that this last bus that was going back to the train station was the last one for the day. So if we didn't make that, we were going to be stranded out there. So we all sprint back. We make it on the bus and everything is delayed. We are all stressing out. We're all sweating. It was crazy. So we finally make it back to another train station. Well, then we're stuck behind another train. And we were like, we're not going to make the last one back into Dublin. We're going to be stuck here. And our flight was the next morning, like early. So we did not know what to do. But thankfully, since they knew that our train was delayed and it was the last one, they were waiting until that train came. But I don't think we knew that at the time. So after that train, we were literally sprinting through the train station. We were so stressed. And once we got on the train, it was just a big sigh of relief. But it was very intense. Yeah. (laughs) But I've been to the cliffs and they're worth it. It was absolutely worth it. It was so crazy. (laughs) That's awesome. Awesome. What about you? Anything fun that you'd like to share? Oh, a lot. I know. I know. I don't know how much more time we have. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the one story that I tell when people say, tell me something that happened. Okay. So I get back in the fall to campus and I have several people come up to me and say, hey, were those your students that went skydiving this summer? And I had no clue. <laughs> and I said, I don't know what you're talking about. So somebody brought me the college magazine and it had a picture of three of my students that had gone skydiving on their week away. So they are their weekend away. It's, it's actually not four and a half days, Hannah. <laughs> it's three days. But they, It took four and a half days for her to get back felt, from Ireland. So they went to Prague and decided they'd do skydiving over Prague while they were gone. Of course, they didn't tell me. Neither did anybody else. And so I get back, and sure enough, when I open, when I open the magazine and they show me the picture, I say, yep, that's them. But it's probably better I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like an incredible trip. I mean, final thoughts, I guess, Hannah, I just want to ask, like, if you know somebody, if you've talked to any of your fellow students who are kind of on the fence about going, what's your advice to them about this trip? I tell them they absolutely should go. It was so fun. And just all the things we did, like we squeezed so much into five weeks. Like we saw what I feel like was everything. And we only went to like four countries. 
and which is a lot, but like you just feel like you see literally the entire continent. It was so fun. And I still keep up with everyone and we're all super close and we talk all the time about the trip. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Batista, final thoughts on the trip and wanting people to go? Yeah, we do what 99.99% of Germans can't do because of our associations with organizations and events. Uh, we went to a, a, a Formula One racetrack this summer, and literally we were standing 15 feet from where the, the cars were practicing. The, the thing that I think is the final thing for me is these students that go with me become a, car, a part of my extended family. And here's how it goes. So Saturday at the football game, I was walking through the stands, and I got stopped by a crowd, and I looked to my left, not even arm's length away, and Kristen Putnam was one of my students that was with me in 2008. And she looked at me and went, oh, my gosh, Dr. Batista. And I looked at her and said, oh, this is unbelievable. She had her nine-month-old son there that she was holding. It was his first Aggie football game. So these these students become part of my family. So Hannah's a part of my family. And to me, I think that's probably the best thing of everything. Well, Dr. Paul Batista, Hannah Ager, thank you so much for visiting with me today on On The Move. Thanks. Thank it's you been for having fun. Us. All right. Thank you so much for listening to On The Move. Make sure to like and subscribe. Learn more about the Kinesiology and Sport Management Department at the links in the description. Thank you for listening to On The Move. You can catch our episodes while you're on the move by going to Spotify, Apple, or Google. And to learn more about the Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management, head to knsm.tamu.edu.